We're just really glad that you're here today joining us for church and we're thankful uh, that we've still got online church running. Isn't that brilliant? But even though we're the other side of uh, what we've known with that lockdown, that we've still been able to keep online church going. And that really blesses my heart because when people can't be with us for a week or they need to be away, they're able to still tune in and hear the message that we're preaching here in Portsmouth. And that's a good thing. Let people know about the online congregation because it's a brilliant resource. I've got a dream to see our online congregation get into hospitals. So if you're a nurse or a doctor, help me. Help me. Help me. Imagine somebody's in hospital and they suddenly see a QR code that they can scan. And they can join us on their phone from their hospital bed. What about prisons? What about people in military? What about care homes? Come on, would you help me with this? The online church is up and running. We just need to let other people that have not yet heard about Jesus hear about this uh, incredible opportunity. And again, I want to underline Stuart's announcement about Soul Winner Boot Camp. How many people don't want their friends and family to go to hell? Should be all of us, right? <laughs> if you've not got your hand down, you're, you're a bad person. I don't know what else to say to you. So often when it comes to sharing Jesus or sharing our faith with people, people just don't know how to do it correctly or they're scared they're going to make a mistake. That's why we've set up Soul Winner Boot Camp. It's not pre-recorded, it's live. For five Wednesday nights, I will sit on my couch at home and talk to you wherever you are on your gadget, your TV. And I will take five weeks to show you how simple it is to share Jesus with other people. And all you need to do is get signed up. Five Wednesday nights, starting November the 17th. We will take away every excuse for why a person doesn't think they can share Jesus with their friends and family. That's a good deal, right? Heaven likes that deal. All we need you to do is sign up. You can even sign up right now. You just go to your phone, soulwinner.co.uk. There's a page on there called Training. And sign up for the one starting on November the 17th. I want everyone in Family Church to have a confidence when sharing Jesus with other people. Because I believe the way we're going to see God's church grow isn't going to be from a stage and meetings. It's going to be by God's people sharing Jesus to their friends and family. So let me train you, okay? Well, here we are, warm welcome. We're finishing today um, a series that we've been on called Tuned In. And if you've missed any of this series, you can just go to our YouTube channel, you can go to our website, and you can catch up on the first three parts. But this is the fourth part today, and it's the final part. And we've been looking at the subject of hearing God, answering this question, is God speaking? Yes, we believe he is. Then if we're not hearing him, is the problem with him or is it with us? I believe it's always with us. And we've been looking at how God wants us to hear his voice. Not just in meetings, but in our everyday life. But sometimes, here is, here's a brief recap on some of the things that we've looked at. Sometimes we need to make um, a decision to tune out of other voices. There's so many other voices around in our daily life. Life is so loud, isn't it? Sometimes you have to tune out from other voices with the purpose of tuning in to hear him more. 
We also look that if you're going to be somebody that hears God's voice more, then you've got to be somewhat non-conformist in your life. We base that teaching on Romans 12. But Romans 12 says, no longer be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our thinking. To experience a God transformation means we have to allow the word of God to remove old data that came from a previous owner so that we can now hear God's data for how he wants us to live a kingdom life. All of this stuff is just a recap. We also looked at the moment you say, yes, God, I want to hear your voice. You've got to get ready for God to challenge some of the things you've believed. Because if you're going to say, God, I want to hear your voice, God is going to speak some things that may be contrary to things you learn in your formative years that you've been living by that aren't true. So when we say, God, I want to hear you, we've got to be prepared to turn away from the ways of this world when they don't agree with God. That's the non-conformist life. We've got to be ready to say, okay, God, that's not what I've believed up to now, but I'm changing the way that I, I believe these things. And also, we have a commitment to the ongoing renewal of our mind. Garbage out, no longer garbage in. Righteous in, so we see righteous out. And then last week, we looked at the... Um, powerful subject of the power of thoughts and we had some great feedback from people that said we didn't realize that thoughts were so powerful that your thoughts your dominant thoughts determine your next direction so when we allow our minds to be managed so that rubbish thoughts are no longer coming in we can actually change the destinations of our life when God's thoughts break through so throughout the last three weeks, I've been making this statement, God is speaking. And I love that statement, God is speaking. And the following question, are we listening? Now I've got three key questions to follow this thought, God is speaking, that can help us with our hearing a little bit. Number one, do we believe that? Do we believe that God is speaking today in the 21st century. I do, because I hear him. But there's certain Christians that actually don't believe that God speaks today. I feel really sad for them because I need his direction. I need his leading in my now life. But you're here with certain um, sects or groups of um, Christians that they don't believe that God speaks today. We at Family Church believe God speaks today. There was a period of 400 years that God didn't speak, and that was the moment between the Old Testament and the New Testament. But today, God is speaking, so we want to be listening. The second question that we had, which we've kind of answered the last few weeks, is are we listening and tuned into his voice? We looked at some of the things the last few weeks that can cause us to not hear him clearly. Number one, we say, yes, God, you're speaking. Number two, I'm going to remove other voices so that I can hear you clearer. But it's the third one that I want to finish off with today. And here's my third key question. Are we able to recognize his voice among other similar ones? Because there's other voices, even within Christianity, that can be confusing. I'm talking about the voice of religion. The voice of religion purposely sounds close to the voice of God because it wants to bring you into captivity where God wants to bring you into freedom. 
the voice of condemnation. Yet the Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But these voices, even in our Christianity, can be so real, can't they? Oh, God wants me to do this, I'm obliged. No, that's often a voice of religion. Oh, no, I feel bad, God hasn't forgiven me. Well, the Bible says he has. So we've got to be able to tune out from voices of religion and condemnation so that we can hear his voice clearly. To me, it starts with recognizing the tone of God's voice. There's a tone to God's voice. And as you join me in this fresh pursuit to have a desire to hear him clearer, because this is my journey too, you've got to understand that you hear a tone and you begin to recognize it's God's tone. It's amazing when you're a young child in a room, there's many voices if you're at a family party, but you know the voice of your parent. Because there's a tone to your... My mum didn't even have to speak. She could look across a room and freeze me. She didn't even have to speak. My mum, I'd be doing something that wasn't correct or right, and I'd just be laughing and joking, showing off with my friends. And all of a sudden, I'd see the look across the room, and it would just kind of freeze me, and I'd just like... But if a look didn't work, mum would always say something. Normally, stop showing off in front of your friends. That was a killer. That was a killer, that one. But she would speak, but I would recognise the tone of my mum and dad, not just in discipline, but in great love. I'd be able to be in a room with my eyes closed and point at the direction of where my parents were because they were speaking, because I recognised their tone. God wants you to recognise his tone. And when you recognise his tone... That's when you tune out from other voices that are not him. So here's three things to me that represent the tone of our father. Number one, it is the tone of a father. When you're listening for God's voice, trying to recognize his voice or his tone among others, you've got to listen for the voice of a father. Not just a father, but the best loving father that has ever been. Now, Matthew 6, verse 9, we haven't got verses up, so just take notes. I promise I won't lie to you. You may see some verses, you may not, but just believe me, I promise you, I'm telling you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. It says, Matthew 6, verse 9, Jesus says, And when you pray, what's prayer? Communication with God. When you have communication with God, pray, My Father, who art in heaven, our Father, who art in heaven, Holy, hallowed be your name. Isn't it wonderful that Jesus says that when you have communication with God, now communication isn't one way, it's two way. God made you to be able to communicate with him, to speak to him, but hear him speak back. When you communicate, Jesus says communicate to him as a father. Not just a father, but the best father there's ever been. So number two, God's voice carries the tone of a shepherd. Now it says in John 10 verse 27, that God's sheep hear his voice, which means the tone of Jesus' voice, as well as being the tone of the Heavenly Father, the the tone of Jesus' voice will be the tone of a shepherd. Let me read these verses, John 10, 27. My sheep, that's you and me, hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. They will never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. We are his sheep. He's our shepherd. So when he speaks to us, there's going to be a tone of a shepherd that we could recognize his voice by. And the third one, there's probably many others, but these are the three that I've grabbed today, is he's, his voice carries the tone of a friend, the greatest friend you will ever know. 
The Bible says there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus is the greatest friend, as well as being the saviour of your soul, the redeemer of your life, the advocate, the lamb of God, the one who approaches the throne with his own blood. He's your friend. And when he speaks to us, he speaks to us as friends. John 15, verse 15, Jesus says to his disciples then and to us today, no longer do I call you servants, because a servant doesn't know his master's voice or his, his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I have now made known to you. Isn't that beautiful that Jesus says to them and us, I don't speak to you as a slave or a servant. I now speak to you as my friends. So when you're listening for the voice of God, among other tones, listen for the voice of a father, listen for the voice of a shepherd, and listen for the voice of somebody that calls you friend. Now his voice is actually more natural than what you think. Do you know that a lot of you, most of us, are hearing him already, but we're not putting down what we're hearing to coming from him. Sometimes you hear ladies um, say, oh, this is woman's intuition. Maybe. Sometimes it may be, but a lot of the time, ladies can have a great sensitivity to the voice of God, and it's not women's intuition, it's actually God speaking to them, but they're not giving credit for the voice to God. Other times people say, oh, that, that person's got so much common sense. Well, sometimes you see that common sense isn't that common in the world that we live today. But sometimes when we have common sense, do we realize that that's not coming from us? A lot of the time, that's God speaking a thought that's a perfect way forward, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. We are hearing, just give yourselves a pat on the back, you are hearing God already more than you already give God God credit for. And sometimes we think, oh, that was a good thought, but we don't say, that was a God thought. Oh, that was a really good thought. Out of nowhere, a genius thought comes that changes everything. Oh, that was a good thought. No, no, that was more than likely a God thought. We've got to begin to start to say, I'm hearing your voice, Lord, in my daily life already, but I want to hear it more. Now, God speaks in many different ways. I believe, you know, we're dealing with a God who's omnipresent, omniscient. Um, He's self-created, self-sustaining. God needs nothing from us. God was the beginning. God is the all in all of all things. He's able to communicate to us however he wants. There's a story in the Bible where God communicated to a rebellious false prophet by speaking through a donkey. So God is able to speak through physical things. I'm not saying that there's only a limited way that God speaks to us. There's many ways that God speaks to us. If you're a dreamer, who dreams? Who has really vivid dreams here? I'm a dreamer. I'm not just talking about vision. I'm talking about when I'm asleep. I dream I have a whole other world waiting for me when I go to sleep. Friends waiting for me. Bunnies and and rabbits running around. It's crazy. Sometimes I wake up and I go, no, I've not finished in this world yet. I'm a dreamer. But sometimes in my dreams, God speaks clearly to me. Now, you know that it's a God dream because you can't forget it when you're awake. God's constantly communicating, sometimes through dreams, sometimes through what we'll talk about in a moment, the still quiet voice. But a lot of the times when God speaks, there's two common ways. So I'm not saying that God doesn't speak anyway. I'm saying God's unlimited. He can do what he wants. He owns the planet. But he normally speaks in two common ways. He speaks through his word and by his spirit. Through his word and by 
his spirit. What do we mean by through his word? That your Bible is God's thoughts and will regarding everything you'd ever need to know. So when we approach scripture, when we approach the Bible saying, I want to renew my mind with God's thoughts, we approach what theologians would call logos and rhema. Now, logos is the written word. It's God's words and thoughts and will recorded for us to know and live by. Now, this is just a brief explanation. But then also, there's a word for God's word called rhema. And that's when suddenly it comes alive, like God's breath is on it. That's the moment the Holy Spirit takes logos and makes it personal to you. So logos is the spoken word. Rhema is God speaking through his spoken word. Now, how many times have you been in a situation? I'm often in this place where I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I'm not sure. I'm in this moment. I've got to make a decision. And history has taught me to go into the Bible, so I start to read the Bible. Then suddenly I read a passage of Scripture. And all of a sudden, it's like so spot on for my situation or my moment. It's almost like it's still got the breath of the warmth of God's breath on it. It's like he's just spoken it because it's tailor-made for my moment. That's more often than not rhema. That's God taking his logos, the written word, and making it by his spirit alive and fresh for you in the moment that you're in. Now that rhema may encourage you, but it also may discipline you. Are you ready for God to speak words that correct you, not just bless you? Because we've got to approach the word of God saying, Lord, I live to know your kingdom ways, your will. Speak to me for your word. But the other way that he speaks is by his spirit. Now, when I say God speaks by his spirit, you need to understand I'm not speaking that in an Old Testament um, terminology. Because in the Old Testament, God's spirit was on people and outside of people. In the New Testament, under the new covenant that we have in Christ, the Holy Spirit is now in us. Isn't that wonderful? When you read in the Old Testament, same Holy Spirit, but he came upon people for a purpose. He spoke to people from outside of them. But in the new covenant, the Bible says that we have now become the temple of the Holy Spirit. That means that God now lives in you. That's what Paul said to the Corinthian church. He says, do you not know that your life is now the temple, the dwelling place of God's Spirit? He lives in you. When Jesus spoke of the coming of the Holy Spirit, he said, when he comes, he will be with you. Old Testament experience, but he would also be in you. New Testament, new covenant reality. You have got God's spirit. If you belong to Jesus and you're saved and born again by the spirit, you've got God's spirit living in you. That's why we don't believe in some of the old priesthood ways of, um, of what we've seen church to be, where you have to go to God via a man. You now have direct access to your high priest, who's my high priest, directly because the high priest made a way for us to come and approach him with boldness, right? But you also need to have a confidence that God isn't on the leaders of the church alone. God lives in you. God's spirit now lives in you. Now, why am I saying that? Because he's not mute. God's spirit isn't mute. He's not unable to communicate. And God wants us to realize that his spirit now lives in us, every born-again believer, and God's spirit is speaking. And we need to be able to tune in 
not just to what God is saying through the preacher on the stage outside of us, but through his spirit who now lives in us. I love the way that Jesus taught that his spirit speaks in John 16. Let me read to you from verses 13 to 15. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak. Can you see what it says there? He will speak. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. There's a prophetic voice to the Holy Spirit. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I've said the Spirit you will receive from me will make all these things known to you. You. Where does the Holy Spirit know the things that belong to us from the Father? Where does he let us know these things from? Well, according to what Jesus is teaching, now within us. His spirit is now joined to our spirit. The Bible says he was joined to the Lord, is one spirit with the Lord. You now have the spirit of God joined to your spirit that he's caused to be made born again, made alive. And God is speaking in you. God is speaking in you, not just outside of you through a preacher. God is is speaking in you. And as we tune out other voices, we tune in to what he's saying. It can be such a quiet voice sometimes, a feeling, an impression, sudden thoughts out of nowhere. You know, I always, one of my favorite Andy Elms films, if ever I, I need to watch movies and I want to watch a, a golden oldie favorite, but Rocky's going to be in there somewhere. Sorry for those that hate boxing. But I love a good Rocky movie. They, they continually entertain me. And I still sit there going, get up, get up, get up. It's just, it's the way I'm wired. I don't know what to say to you, I'm just being honest. Another one is Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner. Who's ever seen Field of Dreams? Where you've got this man walking around hearing this voice, build it, they'll come. No one else is hearing this, but he knows that he needs to. It's not a Christian movie, I just want to say that. But there's a principle in there that sometimes you can be walking around the field of your life and you hear a voice from deep within you say, build it and they will come, or do this and I will. It's when we recognize that that voice could be the voice of a father, we begin to say, Lord, what are you asking me to do? Now, listen to this, Romans 8, verses 14 to 16. I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. I love the way that the Passion Translation puts this. It says, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. God wants us to be moved by his inner impulses of what he's speaking from deep within us. It then opens up about how we've received the Spirit and now we call our Abba Father. But then I love what it says in, in uh, verses 16. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. I love that. He says that we've now got the Holy Spirit and that's why you can now say from deep within you, God is my Father. But I love that final verse, the way that the Passion Translation colors that in. For the Holy Spirit now in you makes God's fatherhood in your life real as he whispers into our innermost being, you are now God's beloved child. I can remember the moment I got born again. The moment before I got born again, I had no consciousness of God being my heavenly father. Suddenly after that moment I came back to Christ, I stood in a meeting and lifted my hands and said, 
my Father in heaven. What changed? The Holy Spirit had now brought a whisper within me. He's not just the Father of Jesus. He's your Father too. This is the Holy Spirit speaking in us. Now, sometimes we can overlook the voice of God because it doesn't seem dramatic. Sometimes we're waiting for that Kevin Costner moment. Build it. They'll come. Now, that often comes to every pastor. And you're like, but Lord, what if they don't? Build it. They'll come. But a lot of the time, I want you to begin to recognize the voice of God in the insignificant moments in your life where you don't think it's him. I'm talking about when suddenly you're feeling angry with somebody and all of a sudden deep within you, you hear, forgive that person like I forgave you. Sometimes you see a person and they just need help and you hear that prompting inside, help them. Be my hands and my feet, not just my mouth. Come on, we all experience this on a daily basis. When you're there suddenly and a person you weren't thinking of comes to mind, ring them. Suddenly you get this impression, I need to ring this person. That's not women's intuition. That's not a dose of common sense. That's often the Holy Spirit saying, I need someone on earth to take care of something for me. Can anyone hear me? That's what he's saying. So I want you to become sensitive to when he tells you to forgive someone, when he tells you to help a person, ring a person. You know, sometimes I'm reading my Bible and I'll just get this impression, no audible voice, read the book of Hebrews. And I've just learned, because I've done this so many years, drop everything, read the book of Hebrews. And as I'm reading the book of Hebrews, there's something perfect for the moment I'm in. That's God. That's the Holy Spirit speaking. But there was no dramatic, there was no thunderbolts and lightning. Very, very frightening indeed. No, there's no, no, sometimes he's just speaking because he's walking alongside us. I've had the Holy Spirit say to me, read that book. I've read that book and it helped me to go somewhere I'd not gone before. Sometimes I felt the Lord say, listen to this person on YouTube. And I've gone to listen to the person. And again, they preached the message that was perfect for the moment of the journey I was on. This isn't just coincidence, this is God incidents. Internal leading. We've got to begin to tune into that voice which has become so normal to us, we sometimes overnormalize it. I've had it when I've said, I've helped, heard the Holy Spirit say, go to that meeting, where everything in my soul didn't want to go to that meeting. But I knew in the past when I heard that voice and I didn't go, it turned out to be the best meeting the church ever had. Anybody been there? Hey, come to this meeting tonight and you're like, ah, oh, I don't want to, your soul's going, no, early night, watch Netflix, binge something on Netflix. And, but inside, you know, you should be at the meeting. And uh, you don't go to the meeting and suddenly you meet your church friends and they go, man, you should have been in that meeting. The message was just for you. But after a while, you begin to go, shut up, soul, I'm going to the meeting. Why? Because you begin to follow the leading of the voice inside of you because you begin to recognize his voice. Pray for that person. Pray for that situation. You know, I've been in situations where the Holy Spirit says to me, don't pray with your own words. Pray in the holy language I've given you. Pray in the Spirit. Because then I realized, how do you pray for something that you don't know what's happening with words from this planet? The best words to pray in a moment when you don't know what's happening are words that are given from heaven. Boy, I've been praying in the Holy Spirit a lot more these last few months than I have for a while. Because I know God's doing things in the unseen of my life. So I can't pray human prayers to fit what he's doing in the unseen. So I need to pray spiritual prayers. That's why the Holy Spirit's given you a prayer language. Now, we need to be tuned in to a still, a small voice. 
Because often, like I've said, it's not thunderbolts. It's not a booming voice. It's not an appearing finger on the wall that carves out his will and desire. Sometimes it's that small guiding voice. I love what we read in um, First Kings about the prophet Elijah. He looked for God's voice in the dramatic. But he found God's voice in silent whisper. Let me read you the account. The Lord said to him, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, a raging fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he put a cloak over his face, he put his coat over his head, and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? See, Elijah was waiting for a dramatic moment. We do that sometimes. Oh God, speak! When actually the best thing we can do is find a corner, pull a coat over our head and say, what are you saying? And in the silence he can speak the most profound direction. Sometimes God does speak through the fire, the earthquake, the tremble of the mountain. But God wants a day-to-day leading. A shepherd doesn't turn up once a week to lead the sheep. He's leading them constantly. God wants his voice to be the constant voice of a shepherd in your daily life. Now, I believe that also we need to be able to test what we're hearing. I don't believe that that's unbelief. I believe it's a wise thing to do. The Bible says that all prophecy shouldn't be despised, but it should be tested. Now, we need to understand that when we're growing in our relationship of hearing God, sometimes we'll hear something and we're not sure if it's God or not. Anybody else? If we were going to put chips on it, we'd probably put 80 of our chips on and keep 20 back. We're just not sure. What do we do when we're on this journey of wanting to hear God more, but we hear something and we're not sure if it's him? Now, I really believe that this is a difference between an earnest heart that wants to know and an unbelief that doesn't want to know. When you have an earnest heart and you want to know, is this God? I don't believe God will ever let you down, but he's given us a number of ways to test what we're sensing. Because again, when we're hearing the Holy Spirit, often it's that still, quiet voice. It could be, it could not be. What do we do when we want to test if it's God or not? Now again, here's just three things that I use in my life. Number one, I always use the Word of God because the Word of God is the wise counsel of God for every area of my life. So if I'm hearing something from the Spirit, the Spirit's not going to say something that's contrary to the Word. The Spirit won't say anything that's contrary to the word. So the first thing I do when I'm hearing something from God or I believe I'm hearing something from God is I look for it in the word of God. I look for the blueprint of it in the word of God. I allow the counsel of God's word to confirm what I'm hearing within me. Number two, I go to wise counsel. Come on, you've got to have wise counsel in your life. Humility seeks wisdom and confirmation from wise counsel. A proud man won't seek wise counsel. And that's why you get pride people walking around just saying, God told me, God told me, God told me, God told me. But nothing they said God told them to do comes to pass. You need wise counsel. A humble person will seek wise counsel. Not counsel from fools or ungodly, but from spiritual people that hear God too. 
Now, here's a couple of verses. going to hit you with them quickly. Psalm 101. Uh, Psalm 1, verse 1. It, it says, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, it's not saying don't walk in counsel. It's saying don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. When you're hearing something from heaven, don't go to an ungodly source to confirm whether it's God or not. All right? It's like whenever you come to giving, you always hear free voices, right? Whenever it comes to an offering, not tithe, because that's a, that's a no-brainer. But when it comes to giving an offering, there's always three voices if you wait long enough. There's the first voice, and that's God. That's give a hundred pound. And then you're like, is anyone else there? Is anyone else there? And then your soul will go, hey, I've got something I can throw into this. It's a tenner. Anybody else there? Listen long enough, and the devil will join in. He'll say, it's 50p. <laughs> you know, if you're listening, if you're listening for God... You've got to actually understand that, especially with important decisions in your life, you need wise counsel. Proverbs 11:14 says, where there's no counsel, people fail. But in the multitude of counselors, people are safe. Proverbs 15:22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. When you're hearing something from God and you're not sure if it's God or not, or you're sure it's God, but you're not sure if it's now or later, Find somebody, go to your pastor, find, go to a spiritual friend who prays and hears God and run past them, not like Joseph with his dream to people that were unable to perceive, but go to people who hear God and run past them the things that you're hearing and do it with humility. Don't walk away stroppy if they don't agree with you. Hey, I'm hearing God say this. They turn around and go, no, that's not now. Well, I'm going to go to someone else then. No, no, don't be like that. Be wise, be humble. You know, don't be scared to lay things before people when you don't know if it's God or not. And the third thing is confirmations. Just give me a couple more moments because this is important. God is not against you asking for confirmations in moments when you don't know if it's him or not. Because often, I love this about God. He does this for me all the time. When I'm hearing something in the spiritual or the unseen of my life, I say, Lord, I don't want to get this wrong. Would you confirm that in the scene of my life? And so God will do something through natural things or natural people to confirm, remember, all prophecy is confirmation, encouragement, and exaltation. God will do things in the natural to confirm something I've already heard in the spiritual. This happened to me last week. I was at Men's Advance. And uh, I was away at Men's Advance, incredible time. But for about three weeks, me and Gina have been hearing God say something to us. And it's huge. It's huge. It's new. It's fresh. It's our tomorrow. It's what, what I believe the next chapter of family church is. And I'm hearing God say something to me. And I said, God, I don't want to be presumptuous. Lord, if this is you, do something in the natural with that statement. I was in a meeting worshipping God, and all of a sudden, I got, the, I got it in my, in my journal. Some, some guy I don't even know comes up to me and gives me a page. And he's written down a prophetic word for somebody in the room. And when I read it, I said, that's not for somebody in the room, that's for me. It was spot on what God was speaking to me in the unseen of my inner world. He took time to confirm in the outer world, this is me, Andy. Still meant I had to believe and wait because I've not seen it come to pass yet. But does that make sense? This is what Gideon did. See, Gideon didn't have a problem with hearing God's voice. He just had a problem whether his hearing was correct. He was going into a huge battle. God had told him he was going to have a win. His life was on the table and so was the lives of his men. 
So he said, listen, Lord, would you just bear with me? Now, you can read about this if you're taking notes, Judges 6, verses 36 to 40. He said, would you bear with me, God? I'm going to take a fleece and I'm going to lay it on the ground. And if what you're telling me is you, let the ground be wet and let the fleece be dry. It happened. And so he comes back again and he says, I really don't want people to die for nothing. This is a big decision. Let, let the fleece be dry and the ground be wet. He did it the other way around. Now, you notice with him, he, he didn't do best of three. Two was enough. But what Gideon was doing was he was saying, I'm not doubting your speaking, God. I'm doubting my ability to hear. Would you confirm that I'm hearing you correctly? And that's where I believe confirmations come in. Prophecies by friends and family should only confirm what God's only already spoken in your heart. I've, I've met people who got married because someone told them God told them to get married. That's just ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I met a person that lived in a marital hell for 20 years. And I remember saying to them, why did you get married? They said, we were in a meeting and someone on the stage pointed at us and said, you two should be married. They didn't even know each other. I mean, how dumb can you be and still breathe? I mean, that's just ridiculous. When prophecy comes, it comes to confirm what God has already spoken to encourage you and give you courage for the things that you're hearing. All right? We need to understand that confirmations aren't bad. When you need God to confirm something, ask him. He'll, he'll provide something in the natural. Now, okay, I'm bringing this in for a landing. This is an ongoing journey in all of our lives. So we have the word of God. We have wise counsel. And we have God confirming things in the natural for things he's saying in the spiritual. There's probably others, but these are three really, really, really good litmus tests of what you're hearing inside. Especially when the wise counselors, people that love you, but they love God more. All right. I've got people in my life that I've said to them, hey, I believe God's hearing this. And they've turned around to me and said, yeah, I believe that's God, Andy, but it's not now. But I want to do it now. Me want now. Because when you, when, you, when you hear God, God's all about what he want. When we hear ourselves, it's all about what me want. All right. Sometimes we can confuse what God's saying with the time he wants to do it in. I can remember once living in New York, just been married, not long at all, and I felt God speak to my heart really strongly, Zambia, November. Zambia, November. And so I started walking around, I'm going to be, this was about September, I'm, I'm going to be in Zambia in November. God's spoken to me, Zambia, November. And it didn't happen. November came and went, and I kind of thought, well, I don't obviously hear God, do I? But then suddenly, a year later, I was reminded in November when I was standing in Zambia what God had said. The word was true, but it wasn't for now. Some things you put on the back boiler of your life. Would it be useful if in a few weeks or months we teach on prophecy? Would that be useful? Because the Bible says we should all prophesy and know how to prophesy and how to live prophetically. It's not weird. It's not spooky. It's every day. All right, let's bring this in for a landing. It's 12 o'clock and I can hear your roast dinner calling you from here. This becomes easier when you do it because it's something that's reason of use. When you begin to tune into him regularly, you begin to hear him more. Not that he starts speaking, but you start listening. When you begin to hear what he's saying, have those levels of confirmation in your life. But also, here's your homework, all right, as we end this series. Begin to deliberately separate and identify in your life different voices. Now, I'm not calling you mad, like, do you hear voices? You know, we all hear voices. But begin to 
distinguish voices. Here's three that I've learned to distinguish in my life. The patterns and the philosophies of this world and culture when they ask me to live a different way to what God has asked me to live. I've learned to recognize that voice and in nonconformity say, no, I'm going God's way. Hey, lock me up in prison, I'm going God's way. If, he, if I go in, he'll bring me out. I'm doing this God's way. I will not conform to the patterns of this society or this culture when it asks me to do something that God's telling me not to do. Bottom line, full stop, quote me. We've got to begin to tune out from the voices of life when they disagree with God. But also we need to tune out of the voice of our soul. Like I said, the soul says me want. The spirit said God want. Begin to hear. Normally whenever God speaks to me, it's going to cost me something. Oh, I feel so used. And God says to me, yeah, but you came to the front of a meeting once and said, use me. Why are you asking for your money back? Whenever God's going to do something with your life, it normally costs you time, energy, money. It costs you something. But he's doing what he wants to do on the earth through your life. There's no better life than that. But also, I just want to finish with this one. Be aware of the voice of those who are close to you and love you. Because even sometimes they can be wrong. Remember, one of Jesus' dream team was Peter. And Peter was nailing it. He was nailing it. He was in a day when he was nailing it, nailing it. Jesus said, who do people say I am? Peter steps forward. He says, I've got this one. You're the son of God. You're the Christ. You're the anointed one. Jesus turns to him and says, well done, well done. Upon this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He's walking around going, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm the man. He's looking at the other disciples. Did you see that? Did you see that? You see the way I work? Did you see that? You see that? You see my moves? And all of a sudden, Jesus starts talking about dying and going to the cross. And he thinks, hey, I'm the man for this moment. He says, no, Lord, forbid it. Jesus turns to him very next moment and says, get behind me, Satan. You don't care the things of the kingdom, but the things of earth. Boy, talk about high-flying adored crash from success to failure in 50 seconds, you know? Because Peter was speaking out of affection, not out of direction. Sometimes in our lives, we've got to make decisions when we know it's God. We've received wise counsel. We found it in the word. But maybe even our family and our closest friends don't agree with. And in that moment, we always need to decide, are we going to go God's way? Because God's way is our future. Amen. Amen. Has this been useful? I'm just believing that all of us will hear God clearer because of the last four weeks. That it will become less spooky, more normal. Begin to listen in your everyday world. Don't be like Elijah waiting for lightning from heaven. Go pull your coat over your head if you need to hear God. Listen to God speaking in the silence. And when he speaks, don't be asked, don't be scared to ask him to confirm it. Take it to wise counsel. But firstly, always check what the Spirit's saying is confirmed by the word. Because what the word says is all the Spirit speaks just want to pray for anyone that's not given their life to Jesus yet. If you're here today and a friend brought you, we're so glad you're here. We're so thankful that you've come. But maybe you're here and you haven't got a relationship with Jesus yet. You're here at the right moment for the right time. Hey church, let's do what we do each week and let's just pray this prayer. And if you're visiting us and you've never given your life to Jesus or you've been away from God, just go ahead and pray this prayer with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. I believe that he paid for my sin 
and removed my separation. I come to you, Father, through the blood of Jesus Christ and thank you that I'm born again. Jesus, I call you Savior now and forevermore. Just my every head's bowed, every eye's closed. If you're here today and you've never walked with God, you've never given your life to Jesus, maybe you did and you slipped away, one moment, one moment, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. It's going to be bold. It's going to be courageous. I'm going to ask you when I count to three just to lift your hand and say, yep, that's me, Andy. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. I'm not going to make you come forward or anything like that. I'm just going to give you an opportunity to respond to the thing that you just prayed. So if that's you, when I say three, would you lift your hand for me? One. Two, three. Is there anyone today that needs to give their life to Jesus or come back to Him? Father, we thank you for this day, that this is the day that you have made and we're rejoicing and we're glad in it. No rain or thunder or strong winds can take away the joy that you've placed in us from being saved by your Spirit. Father, I pray for every person today that this week they'll begin to hear you, Father clearer and louder than ever before. Father, we just bless every family, every household. And we thank you, Father, as we walk in your ways, as we seek first your kingdom, all other things you give to us, not in mere measurements, but in abundance. Father, you have a God who does exceedingly abundantly, far above what we can imagine in our wildest dreams. Father, I speak blessing upon every man, woman, and child, every household here today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, God bless you. Don't forget to get your kids. It's terrible when you get home and realize you haven't got them with you. So make sure you pick your kids up. Stay for a tea and a coffee. Um, put your cups in the bin, your communion cups in the bin. And uh, love you guys. Let's have an incredible strong week. God bless.